0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Grabs Podcast, where we bring the stories of real-life rescues to you firsthand so that we can learn from them and train on them. Today with me, I've got Bryce Beveridge from SAC Metro Fire. Uh, You might have heard his earlier podcast on a grab he had in 2017. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about a grab he had June 26th in 2019. Uh, Welcome, Bryce.
1: Hello, thank you.
0: Uh just uh I know listeners have probably heard from the other podcast but just give us a quick uh, background of you and your department.
1: Um uh, me like I I've uh been with my department for 8 years. Um I had some experience coming into the into my department but uh 8 years now and I've been, I'm assigned to Rescue 21 um on, on the B shift. I'm the tools firefighter and I've been doing that for uh, Five or six years, and uh, our department is um, pretty pretty big, spread out over three hundred fifty square miles. um, Population is seven hundred fifty thousand, and we got uh, five battalions, seven truck companies, um, and our and our rescue company that I'm on is a truck company, and it's basically it's like a USAR. Some people call it that in other parts of the country. It's a type one heavy, um, but we also run as a truck company.
0: For uh, for you and your crew, what what are you as far as seniority out of your crew?
1: Um, <clears throat> I think I'm the least senior man in my on my crew, yeah.
0: <laughs> right. And so we, we talked a little bit before about um, how you guys do search, and, and a lot of times you'll split two to the roof and two in for search. And you'd mentioned when you go in for search, you're going to be splitting again. Um, what I'm finding that seems to be consistent is with departments with, uh, you know, a, a good search culture and some senior guys, that tends to be the way that goes. If you're out on a uh, another rig, uh, say you're working overtime on an engine or something or, or on a truck and you've got a junior member, how does that change? Or does it change um. at all?
1: Uh, it does. It would change a little bit. We all. I think we're pretty good about having that conversation um, when we're putting our stuff on the rig in the morning. If you're working with someone that you're not used to working with, we usually have that conversation about what what the search is going to look like. And uh, if I'm with someone who's got doesn't have maybe any experience searching hostile environments, we'll probably stay a little closer together. Um, call, do more of an oriented search probably than a and like a split standard search,
0: yeah. And you'd mentioned in that previous one that even even with one of your uh, regular partners, you might stay a little close surface if it's looking like a little hairy situation. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, don't you uh, take us back to uh, June 26 and and talk about that fire that you had?
1: Okay so I was uh, I was on my regular seat on rescue 21 in the tools position Um, we got dispatched to a residential structure fire and it came through on our computer screen it said that it was a vacant um, residential structure Uh, so this was in our first in district we arrived simultaneously with our engine. Um, the Engine pulled the line. I jumped off, grabbed some tools. Uh, captain asked me to. Uh, the engine asked me to force the door, um, which happened to be open, so I didn't have to do that. <laughs> and um, but I opened the door and was able to get low. There was basically it was a kitchen fire, predominantly, and um, so I was able to open the door look underneath and see the layout of the house. And I yelled out, see if anyone would yell back to me. I didn't hear anybody yelling back. So um, shut the door. I was really glad that I got that look at the layout because when you pull up to that house and you look at it from the outside, you would totally assume that it was bedrooms to the right and kitchen to the left, but it was opposite. So kitchen was to the right, bedrooms were to the left behind the garage, which was odd. So, um, I masked up about that time. My engineer who's helping the search was came running up. He's a little bit behind cause he's got to put his SCBA on and stuff. And I said, Hey, I'm going left. Went in the front door right behind the nozzle. They went into the kitchen and started knocking down fire. I hung a left down the hallway. I'm on my, I'm on my knees. I'm doing like a tripod down the hall. I get, to uh, the first bedroom on the left. Search that bedroom. Get done. Get back out to the hall. Start heading down the hall. Um, get to find another bedroom on my left, and um, I kicked something with my foot in the hallway. And uh, I, re- I remembered back to I actually went through. Uh, I got hired at Sac City, went through their fire academy, and something I learned from their fire academy. That's a whole other story. But we were doing a live fire training. And they put a dummy in the hallway. We're doing fire attack, and so they put the dummy in the hallway. And every single time we'd run right over the dummy to go put the fire out. And so I learned that day that like if you feel something in a hallway that doesn't feel right, you should stop and investigate it. So here I am that night, and I and I was about to hang a left into that into that second bedroom, but I kicked something with my foot, and I go, man, that kind of felt like a dummy. Dummy. So I. I bent down and looked and again, I had to be about a foot away to see what I was looking at. And I realized I had a victim. So I yelled, I got a victim. Um, the captain who was, um, the engine captain who was knocking down fire in the kitchen heard me. So he made the radio report and his nozzleman ran down to give me a hand. And, um, (laughs) my go-to for, for grabbing people and picking them up is, is the old, um, combat challenge, um, pick them up and carry. But, um, Honestly, this guy was so um burnt <laughs> I didn't want to like bend I didn't want to try to pick him up. Um so I got lucky again he was not a big guy. Again, he was 150, 60, maybe 70 pounds at the most, and I was able to grab him by his wrists. And it was also a hardwood floor, which helped. So I grabbed him by his wrist, the nozzle man grabbed him by his ankles and we were able to pull him out to the front yard in that fashion and luckily there was an ambulance that heard the radio report there was a victim we threw him on the gurney those guys were putting like a Lucas CPR device on him when I looked back and I was gone went right back in the house and finished my search right left off
0: nice a uh, couple things you said uh, what was visibility like you said about a foot
1: yeah, it was about a foot.
0: Um, how you mentioned you're doing that life fire layout and the importance of that matching your outside size up to what you found inside and how much uh, that helped you on this one. Can you speak about getting that look before the engine opens up the line and what happens visibility wise once that line gets opened up?
1: Yeah, I mean, in my experience, once the line is opened up, there is zero, there's never, there's you can't see anything, anything, anything. So <laughs> it's a good thing, um, that we were able that I was able to visualize that before the nozzle went in there. And, um, uh, I think that was helpful.
0: Did you have any initial reports when you got on, on scene that there was somebody inside? I know you'd mentioned that you were responding to a vacant.
1: Yeah, no, no reports of, of people just, uh, just that it was a vacant.
0: Nice. Um, Last thing I want to ask you about, uh, when you guys do split search, what tools are you guys, are you guys each taking your own Halligan or, or are you taking tools with you or what's that look like?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm taking me personally. I'm taking my Halligan with me. I, I bring a roof hook, but I leave it at the door. I also bring a flathead, but I leave that at the door. I I go in, it's just, um, minimal, just a Halligan and, um, I'm even, I'm not even bringing the halogen in the rooms with me when I'm searching. I'm leaving that out in the hall, searching with my hands in the rooms and then coming back to the halogen. When I move on.
0: Awesome. The more people I talk to, it seems like that's what we really do. Yet. It seems like in all the training, it it's so taboo and <laughs> n- no, don't let your tool go. And uh, mm-hmm. so it's refreshing to hear that. That seems to be pretty consistent. Is there anything else uh, lessons learned out of this? Anything else you'd like to share with the listeners?
1: Um, one, one thing that I thought was important to learn from this, uh, was that even though this was a vacant structure, um, this gentleman had been, this was an attempted homicide. So someone had shot him in the house and had lit the house on fire to try to cover up their crime. Um, so to me, it kind of goes back to a, that just because it's vacant doesn't, especially where I'm working. Just because it's vacant does not mean no one's in there. Every vacant building where I work is occupied. Um, And also, even though there was no one in the street saying that everybody's out on this call, just because people say everybody's out doesn't mean everybody's out. Um, It could be, like I've told people before, it could be an attempted homicide, and they're trying to cover it up, and they're saying, hey, no no one's in there, don't go in there. But there's someone that needs to be rescued inside. So I thought that was important to take away from it. and then also I just, um, I really enjoyed the cohesive way that our crew, my, own, my whole station worked together on that. We've worked together enough that we're able to rely on each other and everybody did their job exactly the way they should in that, in that, um, on that call. And so, you know, from the time that we hit the air brakes till the time we pulled that gentleman out, was probably less than three minutes, maybe two minutes, honestly. Um, So, you know, this grab to me was, was for everyone on my crew because, you know, just because I got to actually pull the guy out, I wouldn't have been able to do it without everyone doing their job too, including the guys that are trying to vent and everything.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. A couple great points. Um, even if we get reports of victims inside, it's important that nozzleman doesn't drop the nozzle and start going after the victim because it allows you to search a little more aggressive knowing that somebody's watching your back. Um, and the time factor is huge. Um, Sometimes when we get training, uh, a lot of instructors fall into this and I'm guilty of it in the past too, that, you know, you try to make a difficult scenario and the scenario goes 20 minutes. You want to see how much the students have, uh, when in, in reality, it doesn't mimic anything that we're, we're getting out of these firegrounds. They're quick one, one to five minutes and it's over. Um, so we should try to mimic that on the fireground. but, uh, I appreciate all your insight and sharing your story, Bryce, uh definitely give us a call back if you get more because you seem to be a shit magnet, which is is good and bad. Um, cool. And then I'll just splice in the rest of it. Is there anything else you want to share with us about this uh, run or any lessons learned on this?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. Um, well, I, like I had mentioned earlier, just when you feel something, take a second to investigate it and look around it, it, it's might be a body. That's about
0: it. Cool. Well, Bryce, I appreciate you sharing uh, this story and the one, one before Um, we ask all listeners that uh, if you get a grab or assist alive or otherwise um, that you go to www.firefighterrescuesurvey.com, fill out that short survey. That information is, it's just for us and it's by us. So uh, the questions are pertinent and uh, we're really able to, to read that information, and get good information out of there and, and train accordingly. Um, if you want to record your story on the grabs, uh, get a hold of me, uh, Grant Schwalbe. Uh, you can find me on Facebook or text me at 239-898-0843. Get a hold of Justin McWilliams or Nick Ladine. Any three of us would be happy to to record it and share your story. Uh, well thanks Bryce and uh uh but until next time um thanks for listening.